0: Yes, thank you. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Becky. I'm a marijuana addict. Um, let's see. I got sober and uh, clean and sober on June June eighteenth, two thousand six. Um, I have not picked up a joint or drank, but especially picked up a joint um, since uh, June seventeenth, the day before two thousand six. No. Uh, yep. Yep. That's right. And uh, let's see, um, I smoked weed all day, every day, it was everything that I did, it was my uh, higher power, it was my life goal, it was, uh, my life goal was to have um, a house in, on a farm with endless, uh, with an endless amount of grown weed, um, and a rocking chair, and like uh, techno music, because I'm a big electronic music person. And um, that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And um, yeah, and it was pretty much like that from the moment I started. I started and then of course, like everything that I did, everybody that I knew, uh, all parties led to me busting out the weed and um, I didn't need a party. Like I did it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. I did it in the middle of the night. Um, and everything in my life was directed at uh, scoring it, dealing it and finding ways to say hi. Hi, so yeah. Um, that was my life. I, uh, you know, I could, I could bore you with some gory details, but let's just say like, there was nothing, um, there was nothing, I had no defense, right? Like I had no defense against the first hit. Like it just was, it's what I did. It, it, it and I know I've already said this, but like, I mean, literally, like I had no friends that didn't smoke weed. You know, I lived in California and I would fly back to Chicago to see my family and I, um. I would fly with weed uh, stuffed in my pants because I couldn 't be without it. Um, I went to France in two thousand and five, and the first thing I did when I got to France was where can I find something to smoke i mean it just it was <laughs> it's amazing for me to think that that was me, and that was me you know um, and I have to laugh, like one of my favorite vacation and right when I, right the year before I got um, uh, clean, I was in amsterdam and of course my whole life i had wanted to go to amsterdam because you know weed was legal in amsterdam these were the days where like it was nowhere being legal in the united states and especially in california where i had moved to and the reason why i left chicago at 24 years old was to uh be around uh kind bud um that was my that's why i went people always say why did you move to california i'm like Marijuana. I'm like, no, seriously. Why did you live to California? It's like, well, marijuana. <laughs> I mean, it was the good shit. So um, I say all that to qualify that I do belong here, and that um, you know, if you are, if you are just, if you're having your first few moments without smoking weed, or even if you've been around a long time, just trust me. Like, shit changes, you know. Um, anyway, I walked in the rooms. Let's see. I think I smoked a joint on the way, or whatever. I don't even know what I smoked. I smoked something on the way to. Um, the meeting i had heard about marijuana anonymous a few years earlier and i was like oh my god these people are such losers like why would anybody need some stupid program like that but i just i was just hitting bottom i mean the paranoia was unbelievable i was so just paranoid uh, so much Um, you know one of the side effects of some of the strains of marijuana is, is just paranoia and i was so just dead inside and I didn't know that I mean I didn't know that I had to detox I didn't know that I had to need to get my wits about me I just thought you know and then I had like this cough where I would like I had black lungs you know and people at work would be like oh your cough really scary I'm like I know uh, uh. and I smoked cigarettes the whole time too so like my poor lungs the fact that I can take a deep breath today is amazing it's amazing I can do that um Anyway, so I walked to my first meeting, and I remember walking in. It was in Oakland, California, and it was in, two, like I said, it was, it was actually uh, June 17th, the day before, because I had smoked on the way to the meeting. And I sat down, and, like, all these, like, super mellow people who were, like, into good food and uh, planet Earth um, were there. And they just loved me and loved me and loved me and loved me and loved me. And, loved me. and I, I think I cried for the entire first year. Um, that doesn't have to be your story. I mean, your story can be whatever your story needs to be. But for, for Becky, uh, I cried the entire first year. I was so frozen. My heart was so frozen. And when I started having feelings, when I started, like, you know, having any sort of attraction to people, or I remember, like, just sitting at, like, uh, we would, we would go, always go out for fellowship after the meetings. And I remember sitting there, and my heart would just be, like, it was, like, I call it, I was like thawing, like my heart thawed, right? Like after so many years of just not feeling anything and having been so frozen, except for the only thing I could feel was bad. And the only thing I could feel was depression. And the only thing I could feel was darkness. And yet somehow I thought the weed and the booze were helping that, Um, especially the weed. I thought that was the answer. I mean, all answers were smoke weed, you know, Um, ingest weed, uh, do something, get fucked up. It's really – because I was like, it comes from the earth. How harmful could it be, right, you know? Um, I look back now, I was like, such an addict, such an addict move. I mean, when I Karis came, I made every single one of those questions applied to me. Did I live in a privately defined world? Hell yeah. You know, did friends and family complain about my pot smoking? My friends? All my friends smoked weed, you know? Did I have family relationships? No. Like, I would fly all the way to Chicago, and the whole idea for me was to get out and get to the nightclub with my friends it didn't matter that my parents were there it didn't matter that my brother and sister were there it didn't matter it didn't matter it didn't matter, it didn't matter. like nobody mattered all it mattered was me and me getting back to the music and getting back to the you know the the, the high <laughs> anyway i walked in the meeting and there was two guys sitting there and they told me later on that i completely rigged of weed which i should have and i looked at them and they were like kind of my age and they looked kind of friendly and they were super nice to me And I was just like, oh, okay. And I just remember like that Marijuana Anonymous is the program where I sat down and I knew I belonged instantly, you know? So if you have a problem with weed and you can't put it down, you know, you have a place here. Um, What can I say? I mean, since then I I showed up, I took suggestions. I uh, was getting stalked at the time when I came into Marijuana Anonymous and like people protected me. Um, I ended up getting a sponsor. Um, I didn't get a sponsor right away, but I, you know, I kept, I kept looking around at folks in the meeting and this one woman just kind of, I don't know, something about her just made me relax. And um, I asked her to sponsor me and she did. And she took me through step nine and I, one day at a time, uh, didn't smoke. And I will say, I'm going to just say this, like, you know, depending on, whatever. I don't know what anybody's story. I don't. I can't see any of you. Like I'm basically talking in my bedroom right now. Um, but uh, I went through some horrific detox. Like I think I ate a grapefruit every day for a year because I think my liver and my body was just detoxing. Um, I was really fat, and I started eating and, eating and eating and eating and eating and eating when I quit smoking the weed too, just because. It's just what I did. I, I didn't, you know, and I was, I, I mean, it was so much detox that I went through spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. The physical detox was really hard. I didn't sleep for the first three days. Um, that sucked. I uh, was really fucked up. And, you know, I, now I see that. At the time, I was like, oh, you know, I'm just like, you know, what, 30-something, I'm good, you know, I'm, I'm not that fucked up. But, yeah, I, I was. And I had gotten my college degree in chemistry while i got stoned every single day you know i never i always i always had a shackle on me you know i never was able to free myself from the shackle so anyway i was a huge part of marijuana anonymous in the oakland berkeley fellowship for a long time probably four or five years um and those people saved my life um i did uh meeting level service i did district level service i did world world service level service um and it was a beautiful experience for me. And so uh, MA always has a place in my heart. It's always, uh, it's very grounding for me. I try to go to the conventions every year. They have these like fun conventions every year. And I, I recommend that if you have a chance to go to them that you go, there's nothing like standing in a circle of 150 to 250 potheads, holding hands and saying the surrender prayer, you know? And people's lives have transformed. People's lives have changed. My life's completely transformed, completely changed. You know, I remember the first job, I, no, you know, the second job that I got, because it took me about, I don't know, it took me about five years to identify as something else besides a pothead, you know, because I was so proud of that identity. I'm so proud of who I, like, that's who I was. I was so proud of that. Um, and it took me about, you know, five years to be like, okay, you know, what, it's okay to not be a drug addict, like, in the world, you know, and then I got a job and, they had me take a drug test and I was like, you know, this is the best. Like I can, I can get, I mean, I had taken jobs that required me to have a drug test before and I got let go because I always failed my drug test. Well, I did that one job. But you know, and I remember just like walking around thinking to myself, wow, these people knew how like fucked up I would get myself on a daily and regular basis. And now I'm holding down like a professional job in a professional corporation which I had no interest in doing in my 20s, in my early 30s, and probably even in my 30s, I had no interest in working for a corporation. Ew, like why would I want to be a professional? No, I wanted to be a DJ. I wanted to rave on All Night Long. I mean, that was my goal, you know, and I just, it just never worked out. It never worked out. And then finally I want to say, like, I, I was unable to be in any sort of relationship. I couldn't do it. Um, I know some people, they're part of their world is they can't be without a relationship. I was the type of person who couldn't be in a relationship. Um, and I just couldn't do it. Like, you know, people would say, I like you. And I'd be like, you know, go fuck yourself. Like, excuse my language. But I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle letting anybody close to me. It was too excruciating, you know, and this is all hindsight that's talking right now. Right. So just remember hindsight is 2020. And, uh, you know, I ended, and I needed to go to other fellowships to deal with other issues, and I'm grateful that those fellowships exist. Um, so, you know, again, there's always work to be done. You know, my addict always is there. She always humbles me. You know, there's always a way where I need to ask my higher power every single day. Step one, remind myself, I'm an addict. I'm a marijuana addict, and my life is unmanageable. You know, I also have other addictions, and I, I, say those, I say step one out loud, you know, I I work my program, I say the third step prayer, I say the seventh step prayer, I say the eleven step prayer. I get on my knees and I pray in the morning and ask God for an abs- for you know a sober day you know or uh, you know keep me abstinent from all my my issues you know um, i uh, I, I, do, I meditate every day, you know, and i didn 't do all that at the beginning, so if that 's not where you're at like that 's okay, but this is where my recovery has evolved and I just at this point, I want to live a life where i 'm so much less worried about me and my problems and really give a crap about other people and, 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 and just give a crap about other people. Like it's really important for me to care about what other people are doing and not be so self-centered, right? Cause they say self-centered is the root of the issue, you know, and I didn't even know I was self-centered. Yeah. Maybe some of it was youth, but some of it really was, you know, just being so self-centered. It was all about Becky all the time and nobody really mattered, and yet at the exact same time, I didn't really matter. And so everybody else mattered except for me. Like I was so faded, you know, I would be so faded and so in the background and learning to have my voice and learning to say to somebody, I love you, or you hurt my feelings, or you're really important to me, or I care about you. Learning to say I love you was just so valuable. I didn't have to, I didn't have to hand somebody, you know, a joint to say I love you. You know, I just got to say, you know what, I love you. And just to have that experience was amazing. Now I'm married. I've been married for two years. I got married the day before I turned 46. I moved to Texas five months ago from the San Francisco Bay Area. That's a trip. But you know what, I, it's okay. Like, I can I can be brave. I can do things, you know. And one of my favorite old timers told me at the very beginning, he, he, would, he would hang out with me because I had no friends. Like, I had to give up all my – I had friends, but – I didn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't stay uh, clean around them. It's just, you know, I, and I, was, I was becoming a different person, you know, and I was really unhappy in the friendships that I had. And even though I love those folks, you know, I mean, I don't regret the past. I don't want to shut the door on them. But I love those folks. Um, I, uh, I needed new friends. And so I remember one of the crusty old timers coming out with me, His old man, he would sit in my car and smoke cigars. And he would tell me over and over, Becky, you are about to go on the adventure of your lifetime. So if you're new, or if you're struggling, you know, one day at a time, you know, by higher powers' grace or whatever grace you believe in, um, you can do this, you know. And you just have to believe that you can. And you know what? It's not always going to feel good. It's not always going to feel awesome. But I always knew that if I picked up and if I decided to go back to the to the to the whatever I was using that day, but especially the weed, I knew if I picked up, I was just going to be in some sort of hell again. And I remember that when I came in MA, I was done. I was so done feeling so bad, and yet I know I'm eligible for relapse any single second. Addiction has humbled me. It has made me humble. It has made me realize, you know, look, like, <laughs> you know, I'm not in charge. Like, there's, there's forces bigger than me, you know, and I'm just grateful that today it's not my uh, total uh, loyalty and dependence on, um, on marijuana. You know, I'd much rather have a a loyalty and dependence to marijuana anonymous than marijuana. So um, anything else? Yeah, I just want to say I think one of the most important things about this program is being honest uh, with yourself and with other people. And so, you know, I, I really made a lot of calls. I really connected with a lot of people. I really showed up to my home meeting every week. I really spoke. I let myself be seen. I, be, I, I made friends in the program. You know, they told me, get a home meeting, show up every week and do service in that meeting. I did that as fast as possible. You know, service, service keeps us sober. Service keeps us clean. It's true. And it feels good to actually do some self-sacrifice and care about somebody else or something else. Um, so... Thank you, Marijuana Anonymous. It's been one of the greatest adventures of my life to be a part of this program. Um, My name is Becky, and I am a marijuana addict. Thank you for listening, everybody.